Now, why did God make pleasure? And can our desire for pleasure ever really be satisfied? What does enjoying pleasure look like as Christians, and in what ways are we limited? These are all good questions that I'd like to talk about in this third in our series on satisfaction, where we're going to explore the idea of being satisfied in pleasure. Now, like we talked about last week, God wants us to enjoy life's good things. Whether it's enjoying a nice glass of wine, or traveling and seeing the beauty of the world, or even having sex, God made these things for us to enjoy. Now, pleasure is defined as a feeling of happy satisfaction and enjoyment. It is essentially the experience of happiness. So if we pursue pleasure, will we find happiness? Will we find satisfaction? Let's explore that. In a post that we wrote back in February, we talked about how the Apostle Paul was something of an expert on the topic of suffering. So I wonder if there's a counterpart for him in the scriptures, someone who is an expert on the topic of pleasure. And indeed there is. King Solomon was an expert on the topic of pleasure. You see, he had incredible wealth and success, which we talked about last week, and his wealth and success he used to basically explore pleasure and ultimately to ask the question of whether or not we can be satisfied in pleasure. So he really helps to answer this question that we're wondering. Ecclesiastes is the book where he really documents his pursuit of satisfaction, including pursuing satisfaction in pleasure. Let me read a couple excerpts out of Ecclesiastes so you can see the results of that search. He says, I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine. I built houses and planted vineyards. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the children of men. That's Ecclesiastes 2, 1 through 8. I just read a couple verses in there. He sums it up by saying, Whenever my eyes, whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure. That's Ecclesiastes 2.10. Now, however, in pursuing all of this pleasure, he even revealed that even endless pleasure was vanity, that even that didn't satisfy. He said, behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind. Just the next verse later in Ecclesiastes 2.11. So I think this takes us back to our first question. If pleasure can't really satisfy us, then why did God make it? Now, I think that God made it because he loves us, but more specifically, because he wants us to enjoy life. Consider this verse in Ecclesiastes 3, verse 13. It says, everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. You see, pleasure is God's gift to us. In Ecclesiastes 8:15, Solomon, under God's inspiration, commends those who enjoy life. Is it any wonder that one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy? It's because God wants us to experience joy. God wants us to enjoy life. So this begs the question, why doesn't God allow pleasure to be the source of our satisfaction? I think the answer is the same, that it's because he loves us. You see, I think that our desire for satisfaction is what pushes us to pursue God and pursue a relationship with him. Consider this verse out of Proverbs 16:26, where it says, a worker's appetite works for him, for his hunger urges him on. In the same way that our physical bodies uh, hunger urges us on in our work, our soul's hunger for satisfaction urges us on in our pursuit of God. And God offers so much more for us than satisfaction and pleasure ever could. He's not just offering satisfaction, but he is offering what's truly good for us. In no way could pleasure ever really replace him for all the good that he does in our lives. Every form of idolatry harms us by replacing our good God with something that cannot give us what we need. Whenever we pursue pleasure as the source of our satisfaction, it has become an idol. And this happens in small and subtle ways. 
This happened for me whenever it was early on in our marriage. Whenever sex was denied, it just made me, it left me feeling like, what's the point? Even in this small way, I saw pleasure as the purpose of our marriage. And whenever pleasure becomes an idol, it causes us to indulge sinful desires. And like we talked about in our post on God's commandments a little while ago, sinful desires are rooted in covetousness. And whenever we indulge those desires, we effectively nurture that covetousness and cause it to grow. And as we've already seen in this series, it's covetousness that actually keeps satisfaction just out of reach. So to put it simply, whenever we see pleasure as the source of our satisfaction, then our desire for pleasure can never be satisfied. Now in all of this, don't get me wrong. Enjoying pleasure isn't a bad thing. After all, God made it. You see, he made these good things for us to enjoy and he wants us to enjoy them. Take Ecclesiastes 9.7 where it says, Go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved of what you do. But more to my point here, because God made pleasure, he knows best how to take full advantage of it. You see, our culture subtly paints this picture that Satan's primary goal is pleasure, whereas God's is more focused on us doing what's right. But in John 10.10, Jesus reveals that nothing could be further from the truth. He says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now it is so easy to view his commands as restraints that limit us from being able to fully enjoy pleasure. But I think the opposite is actually true. That his commands are instructions given to us to teach us how that we might fully and properly enjoy pleasure so that we can get all of pleasure's benefits and not its detriments. You see, I would say that his commands teach us to enjoy life fully. If you'll give me a little creative license, his commands are the life hack to getting the most out of life's good things. Whenever he tells us not to covet, it's because he knows that covetousness keeps satisfaction out of reach. Whenever he tells us to not be sexually immoral, it's because he knows the sorrow that that brings. Whenever he tells us to have no other gods before him, it's because he knows that only he can provide what we need. Whenever he tells us to invite, whenever he invites us to spend time with him, it's because he knows in his presence is the fullness of joy. So his commands aren't given to restrict our pleasure. They're actually given to teach us how to experience it fully. It's like what David said in Psalm 1611, whenever he said, you have made known to me the path of life, he's saying, God, you you've taught me how to live life. And in that same verse, he says that God has for us lasting pleasure, that is pleasure forevermore, and the fullness of joy. But in order to experience the benefits of God's commands, we have to add faith. We must trust him that his desire for us is good. And we must trust that his commands are given to us for our joy. And whenever we do that, then we are able to see that God is the source of our satisfaction. And whenever God is the source of our satisfaction and not pleasure, then we can be satisfied in our desire for pleasure. Now next time I'd like to round out this series with a discussion of one more thing that we look too often for satisfaction, and that's relationships. I hope that you'll join us next time. If you would like more content, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can also find videos of our content on the Loving Theology YouTube channel. Visit us at lovingtheology.com to find all of our posts and links to our references. You can also subscribe to our email at our website or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks again for joining us.